You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Hopefully you are having a big weekend because you got to pump up the dads. I'm sure that there's some people, some dads, they, they weren't even aware it was Father's Day. Mother's Day, you see that coming down the tracks for miles. It's like a train. You can feel the, the ground vibrate. Father's Day, it's like a bullet train. If, you, if you're not paying attention, it will go by you just that fast. Just that fast. So uh, we'll get to uh, that over the course of the uh, next three hours. We have so much on tap for this Saturday. Of course, of course, the number you know, one 800 919-ESPN. You can find me on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. You can find me on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And you can find me, still believe the only member of the on-air staff, on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until 3 o'clock. And as I said, so much to go through. The Warriors are NBA champs. The Mets, best record in the National League. The Yankees, best team on planet Earth. Plus, we ha- I, at some point over the next three hours, we are going to have to get into the Knicks. Because I don't think that this is hyperbole. This week could be the most significant week in the presidency of Leon Rose so far. So I'll, I'll tell you why that is coming up. But we have a lot on the t- table. And I think, I'm not sure, but I think I am morally obligated to discuss the New York Yankees. I don't know if anybody else has noticed. The Yankees are really good. The Yankees are really, 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 really good. And, you know, I was thinking, as I was walking around the house this morning, what's the most preposterous movie sequel? that you've ever seen or heard of. Maybe you haven't seen it because it was just so ridiculous. I'm not saying what's the worst sequel. That's a different conversation. I think Caddyshack 2 is generally regarded as the worst movie sequel of all time. I'm talking about the most preposterous. Like, the plot the first time, it was a little outrageous, but the movie was really good, so you stuck with it. But then, because the movie did so well, they had to recreate that same kind of scenario where you're thinking to yourself, wait a sec, the first time that's kind of outrageous, but a second, that thing is happening a second time. Like, Die Hard 2 is, is the one that generally comes to mind to me, right? Like, you know, you have a terrorist situation in Nakatomi Plot. All right, fine, yeah, I, I'm going with it. And it, it worked. Great, maybe the greatest action movie of all time. But the same thing happens a year later in an airport. I mean, it just seems a little out. Jaws too, right? Like there's this great killer, great white it, off the, the, the beaches of, uh, what is that? Uh, Amity, Amity, Amity Village, Amity, what was it? Amity Island? I don't remember. Seen it seven billion times. I don't even remember where it took place. I think it was Martha's Vineyard is where it actually took place. But you know, a, n- a little bit later, another shark, two killer, white, great white shark, speed two, you know, like any of those. What's the most preposterous movie sequel of all time? Because no matter how preposterous it, co- it comes off, that's kind of the New York Yankees this year. 1998, the Yankees had, by all accounts, the most ridiculous season that we've ever seen. Regular season, 
postseason, regular season won 114 games and did so with a lineup that was just relentless. No uh, superstars, maybe you would say. You know, nobody hitting the home runs of, of McGuire or Sosa back then. But a lineup where there was no breathers. It was relentless. It was, a con- it was, it was like a wheel, right? Like there was no spot that, that there was a break. Derek Jeter had his first, like, superstar season in 98. Bernie Williams had his best season of his career in 1998. Paul O'Neill was an all-star again. And, and not just the regular. Like, on any given day, the Yankees could go to the bench and pull on, you know, uh, Tim Raines off the bench or, or Daryl Strawberry off the bench. And it wasn't just the offense. Their pitching was the best in the American League. They had David Wells throwing a perfect game. El Duque's first season in the majors. David Cohn was at the top of his game. The bullpen was ridiculous, headlined by the greatest closer of all, of all time. They ran through the regular season. They ran through the postseason. It's a once-in-a-lifetime kind of season. And it was the type of season that in the moment when, when, they, when they win a championship and they run through things and they sweep the World Series, you think to yourself as a sports fan, it, that does not happen. This is a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing. This type of season is preposterous. We don't see seasons like this. Well, people, the shark is back at the beach, people. There's a, look at that. There's another great white shark. What, what are the odds? Uh-oh, uh, a year after the, uh, his heroics at Nakatomi Plaza, <laughs> look at that, John McClain has another terrorist plot on his hands. Oh, that Sandra Bullock. Oh, she just she cannot get on any type of motor vehicle at all. Last time it was a buzz this time. The Yankees are now 48-16. and 16. They are 32 games over 500 in mid-June. Do you realize that there are 15 teams in baseball that have not won 32 games? Like half of the sport has not won 32 games, and the Yankees are 32 games over 500. They have an 11-game lead. They have hit the most home runs while also having the best pitching. Their closer has not given up a run since opening day. (laughs) They've won eight straight. 14 of uh, 15, they have the most comeback wins in baseball. They've scored the most double-digit runs in, uh, in the sport in a game 11 times. They've never allowed double-digit runs in a game this year. They've already had uh, three seven-game winning streaks so far. And keep in mind, June, this was supposed to be the part of the schedule where, uh-oh, this is where it gets tough. <laughs> and just to kind of put it in perspective, because it – you know, when it's happening sometimes, you, you, maybe you don't appreciate it. Last year at this time, largely the same group to a degree was 33 and 31. The Yankees, I think, could lose seven games in a row and still have the best record. Now, losing seven games in a row seems kind of unlikely considering, again, uh, they've lost 16 games the entire season. So, yeah, as I said before, the Yankees, in case you haven't noticed, they are pretty good. And you know what's more impressive than all of that? And it, it still applies. I'm going to keep bringing this point up because I think it's the most impressive aspect of anything that's happened with the 2022 Yankees. It has been at least a month. I would say now it's probably been about six weeks since anyone has called up any show on this station and called Aaron Boone an idiot 
or said that Brian Cashman should be fired. See ya! And I don't think, as impressive as it is, the win streaks and the record overall, they could have done all that, and I still would have thought that the most unlikely thing was that no one would have a critical word to say about either Aaron Boone or Brian Cashman. That is, that's impressive. When Brian Cashman is eventually inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, his plaque at some point should include, during the stretch of 2022, no one said a critical word about him. Now, I don't know how long that stretch will be, but I think the overall message is you have to kind of soak it in because this is absolutely incredible. And one of the reasons I think we love sports, we love sports talk radio, is that sports generally is debatable, right? We're always debating, things. is Steph Curry a top 10 player all time? Is this team the best team of all time, the biggest bust, this thing, that thing? At this point, it's not debatable. The Yankees are by far the best team in baseball. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. But I know what you're going to say. What about October? What about the playoffs? What if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year? Oh, my God. Perish the thought. But what if they don't? What if they lose in the World Series? What if they lose in the playoffs? I would bring up another, yeah, like, what if they didn't make the play? That's impossible. I think even if they played 500 baseball from this point on, they would win, like, 98 games. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. I've uh, been waxing poetic about the, uh, the beauty of the New York Yankees and likening them. You know, like, this should not be happening. Like, if you're a fan of a team that wins a World Series or wins a championship like the Yankees did in 1998... You don't, you don't get to expect that again. Now, look, we're, we're, we're greedy as sports fans. We want it every single year. Yankee fans probably more so than anybody. But even greedy Yankee fans who want a, a, a World Series title, and I think rightfully so, um, every fan base wants a, a championship. Um, I, I don't think that anybody's like, well, they have to match what they did in 1998. I, I haven't heard a single person ever say that. They just want a, a World Series no matter how... Uh, it comes along. Now, Jake and, and Tom are, are in the studio today. Now, Jake, you are a big Yankee fan. A lot of Yankee content on Twitter. You are not old enough to remember 1998, correct? Well, I do remember it, but yes, it is a childhood memory at this How point. How old were you in 98? I was five years old. I actually went to game one of the 98 World Series with my dad. Okay. So I don't really remember it too much, but I do remember going and the buzz around the city at that time. Okay, so that I mean, you now your dad is a Yankee fan, right? That is correct. So you were brought up like is that your first memory of the Yankees? Yeah, I would say that's probably like the first memory that I really remember. Okay, for and sure. You went to the game. I went to game one. Tino Martinez hit a grand slam. Actually, right, that was a Langston game, right? There, there was supposed to be like ball four, but it was actually, you know, they, they are, it was supposed to be strike three, but it was ball. Uh, it was a. It was called a ball, and then I think it was the next pitch he hit the, hit the grand slam. And that is correct. And my dad will never forgive me for this, but the five-year-old Jake Montgomery was very hungry for his favorite food at Yankee Stadium, which was cheese fries. So nice. he took me to go get cheese fries. In that exact inning. Oh, you missed that? Tina Martinez hits a grand slam right in our section. So, Dad, if you're listening, I do apologize. But those cheese fries, mm, 
Yeah. They that, were those good. Are, that, that was expensive they, cheese fries. I'm sure they were, but I'm sorry, Dad. I yeah. love you. All right. Well, look, uh, you know, that, that makes it. We have a, a saying in the Damer household, make a memory. Like if something bad happens in an event, like we went to Disney one year and it starts pouring, you know, and, and the kids are like, you know, we got to leave. I'm like, no, no, no. This is we make a memory now. This is how this is more memorable than just the trip to Disney. Now you're going to remember the moment dad is running around the, the park while it's pouring outside, getting on lines because everybody else is is um, is running for cover. So, look. Uh, this Yankee team, I mean, it's just incredible. And the fact that I think 90, not that 98 was expected, but you knew the Yankees were going to be a good team this year. You might've thought the Yankees were going to be a good team, but there was nobody anywhere who thought that this was the way that it was going to go. Now, let me, I was going to ask you a question because you saw the 98 team and remember it obviously Mm -hmm. more than I do at five years old. I tweeted this out a few weeks ago, and I had a lot of people coming at me. Is it too early? I know now the comparisons are really starting to pick up, but is it crazy to say that this 2022 New York Yankees team is better than the 98 team, or do we have to wait to see the end game and if they win a World Series? Yeah, I mean, the the problem with making that comparison is the 98 team has accomplished everything that they're going to accomplish. And this team, it's only mid-June, right? So th- this, this, this could still go off the rails in a, in a thousand different ways. And I'm not talking about like the most unrealistic thing. You know, what if, what if tomorrow Aaron Judge goes out, twists his ankle and is out for a month? You know what I mean? Like this could always go. And you, you look at the playoffs. I know it's, it's a cop-out to say that the playoffs are a crapshoot, but they, it's the short series, right? The, the, we always talk about baseball. The, the beauty of baseball is you have the large sample size of the regular season. Postseason is very short sample size. All of a sudden, the guy has a bad series and or a bad start. Things can go awry very, very quickly. So, you know, in my lifetime, while the Yankees, the 98 Yankees, are the greatest team I've ever seen, they're not the team that I saw win the most regular season games. That would be the Mariners in, was it 2001? I think it was 2001. They won, I think they won 116 games. But, but you, you don't even remember the year because they didn't exactly, win the World Series. Exactly. So. And, they're, and also that they're, they're the Mariners. And, and <laughs> they could have won the World Series. That's uh, maybe then I might have But the thing that really scares me about the Yankees, and you mentioned it, I'm as big of a Yankees fan as anyone out there. Can this team sustain this throughout 162 games? It, it almost seems impossible because it feels like pinch me. Like we're every single night, oh, here come the Rays. We're, we're going to probably struggle against them. We sweep them. Oh, the Blue Jays, the favorite in the American League before the season. We flat out embarrassed them last night. So it just feels like sooner or later we're going to come back down to earth. And I don't think coming back, back down to earth means that the Yankees are not a great team. I still think that they are an excellent team, but it, for some reason it just feels like I don't want to put that energy out that you said Judge gets hurt, but it just feels like something is coming. It's it's just it's inevitable. It's too good to it's be true. It's inevitable that at right. some point in this season, which is 162 games, they're they're going to go on a losing streak and I'm sure we'll get some of our normal phone calls back, fire Aaron Boone, this that, but realistically, there's no way they can keep it up at this pace, I think. I hope they do, but I, I just don't see it happening. 
well, look, baseball is not the sport for dominance, right? Like you have seen dom- when, when a team is dominant in the NFL, they basically win every single game that they play because they don't play that many games or in the NBA dominance is much more pronounced because it's there's only five guys on the court on each team. So the, the individual superstar and his dominance is, is easier to recognize. Baseball is really a sport about failure, right? You, you fail seven out of ten times, you go to the plate. Teams don't win at games at the clip that the Yankees are winning at right now. So I can understand that. And it does kind of feel like um, it, it's unusual for a team. Every team has questions coming into the season. But almost all of those questions for the Yankees have been answered in the affirmative, especially in the rotation. I mean, the rotation is as deep as any rotation the Yankees have had in a very long time. Their overall pitching is deeper than it's... I mean, they're pulling up guy. The guy the other night, what was his name? Ryan Weber? I, have, I don't think I've ever heard of Ryan Weber before. And he comes in and pitches well. Uh, you have Clark Schmidt come up. Now, I've heard of Clark Schmidt, but, you know, in a, in a day where Luis Severino can't go, you go to uh, Clark Schmidt, and he's good. I mean, the Yankee pitching, which was a question coming into the year. Coming into the year, we were like, well, who's going to be the number two starter? And up until Severino couldn't make that start the other day, the Yankee five starters had made every turn in the rotation. That's unusual. So I understand what you're saying. It does feel a little bit too uh, good to be true. But the beauty of it is the Yankees don't have to beat the 98 Yankees. They don't have to match the 98 Yankees. They just have to go out and win a World Series this year. That's, that's the goal. And that kind of takes me into uh, the narrative that I've heard a little bit this week is that, well, based on how the Yankees are playing now, they have to pay this off with a championship, right? Because of this record-setting pace, you're having a conversation about matching them with the 98 Yankees, which for most of us, maybe people that are older remember a team that's better, but that's the best team that most of us have seen in our lifetime. It's hard to, hard to beat that. So because they're playing at such a clip and winning every... I mean, Michael Kay had a line. I don't even think he meant it to be funny, but to just show you how, how dominant the Yankees have been, he, they, I think it was the fifth inning wrapped up last night. And he, he throws the break by saying, uh, we're through five. Yankees lead by nine. <laughs> it's just, you know, they're up by nine runs heading to the sixth inning. So there's this been narrative this week. So Joel Sherman had a piece on it. Other people have talked, well, because the Yankees are playing like this, they have to win a, a World Series. And I would simply say, uh, like I might have said back uh, when I was in fifth grade, duh, yeah, yeah a doy. Uh, the the Yankees have to. It doesn't matter what their record was. I'm sure last year when they were 33 and 31, the the talk was well 33 and 31. That doesn't feel like a team that's going to win a World Series since 2017. Since they got to the ALCS and got to within one game of the World Series against the Astros, the conversation has been at every season, going into the season, during the season, at any point. Yes, the, the goal has been to win a World Series. Any move that the Yankees make, either during the season or in the offseason, it's about, does this make them better to win the World Series? Any moves that they don't make, all the moves that they did not make in the offseason when all the free agent shortstops were signing here and there. Well, how are the Yankees going to win a World Series? If they don't win a World Series this year, it will be a failure. That's just the way it is. Everything is based on the World Series. And here's the thing. They can't advance to the playoffs just yet. 
like the playoffs don't happen. I know this is elementary, but they don't happen until October. This is not MLB the show where you could say, all right, we're at this record. Let's just fast forward to the playoffs. So if they lose three games in a row, I'm sure to, uh-oh, here come the injuries. Uh-oh, here come the problems or the trade deadline. If they make a move, if they don't make a move, if someone else starts to play well, if the Blue Jays go out and, and win 10 in a row, it'll be, uh-oh. And, and if you don't think so, just take a look at what the Mets went through this past week, right? Mets are still playing good baseball. Mets still have a huge lead in their division. But the fact that the Braves won 14 in a row, uh-oh, here come the Braves. So I, I would just say, if you can't enjoy this, you are doing it wrong. If your first reaction to the Yankees going out and not just winning but bludgeoning teams is, well, what about the playoffs? Or, or what about Joey Gallo? Or what about Aaron Hicks? Or what about Judge's contract? I would say either A, you're a troll, B, you're a miserable person, or C, all of the above. All of the above. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, let's go to some phone calls. 1-800-919-ESPN. Anthony is in the mail truck. Anthony, my friend, what's going on? You're first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how are we doing, brother? Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Thank you for everything you guys do. Absolutely, um, my friend. Same to you. Of course. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to uh, kind of, you know, dive into the Yankees a little bit. And uh, so, you know, we understand catcher Trevino is doing great. Higashioka, eh, you know, he, he hasn't shown me much, but it's, it's you know, it's, about a quarter of the way through the season. So what I'm what I'm proposing is, you know, get more bullpen depth. And, yeah, you know, we have an embarrassment of riches. And, you know, this team has done nothing wrong to this point. And all Yankee fans out there, you owe Cashman an apology. And I mean that figuratively because, obviously, no one's going to, you know, text Brian Cashman and say, oh, I'm sorry, but – it's true, and I was one of those people. I, I called you uh, when they were 7-6 and six in the season, and I gave you the Aaron Rodgers line, relax, or whatever they were, 7-5 and five and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of discuss that, you know, it would be nice to get, uh, you know, a bona fide all-star catcher, and my proposal would be a trade for maybe like a Wilson Contreras and bring David Robertson back to the Bronx and See if we can catch lightning in a bottle one more time with him. Um, I just wanted to hear your thoughts, and uh, thanks a lot, Gordon. I appreciate it. Right, Have a great day. I appreciate it, man. All right. Um, yeah, thanks for the phone call. Um, I would not mess with the catching. I think that one of the reasons why the Yankee pitching has been so good has been the the, the change from Gary Sanchez to either Higashioka or Trevino or whatever. You don't really need offense out of that position. I would say the one thing that would kind of concern me a little bit, and it's something that I brought up earlier, is the fact that every starter in the rotation has made their turn so far and everyone has been excellent. So if I were to say, like, what do the Yankees need to add before the trade deadline? Right now, I would say nothing, but you kind of have to be a little proactive. So it would depend on on what's available. Catching for me would not be one of the areas that I would be looking at. If, If it turns out that, neither Aaron Hicks or Joey Gallo really start to show you anything. Maybe that might be an area, but I guess the number one area that I'd be looking at is what's available, right? Like who, whose names are out there that are actually available because the Yankees don't need to do anything. I mean, bullpen, think about what this bullpen has done and has done so without Araldis Chapman, has done so without Chad Green, 
has done so without Jonathan Lewisaga, has done so without Zach Britton. I mean, those are four guys that if any of those guys are in your bullpen, those are guys you're rel- – I mean, Jonathan Lewisaga last year, it w- I mean, he was automatic. And he was a guy that people were compare. I mean, it was ridiculous, but people are comparing to Mariano Rivera. I mean, that's – never take the Lord's name in vain, please. But you know what I'm saying. So to lose that guy – and the one thing, the Yankees lost a lot of guys in that bullpen, haven't lost a beat. They have not lost a lot of games, I can tell you that. So if you are, you are going to be able to get any of those guys back at some point, it looks like they are. Herman, it looks like, might be coming back. It's almost hard to find in it, like, what's the area that you think needs improvement? It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say, we got to do this. We got to do that. And it, it, it cracks me up. Like, I'll hear people criticize aspects well you know what Aaron I heard a couple of callers maybe it was the same guy I don't know Aaron Judge doesn't have that many RBIs like if that's your if that's your go-to I gotta think you're never gonna enjoy anything ever ever it doesn't get better than this it does not get better than this I've been a Yankee fan since never all right well look there are people out there like that I, I feel bad for them I feel I feel sorry for them but they've, they've made their lot in life. And, and really, Jake, this is Father's Day weekend. So if, if, if it wasn't any more clear, you should be thanking your father for all that he does, but maybe most importantly, making you a Yankee fan. It's probably the best. I mean, he's done a lot of great things, but if, right. you know. You, it's hard to I, beat. Working in sports. Has he picked anything else that's won championships well, as many times as the Yankees? The Knicks, mm-hmm. the Knicks stuff, I, I can't wow. blame well, on look, him. With every good, you, you know, win some, you lose every some. Superhero, every superhero has a flaw, right? I mean, everybody's got their, has their thing. Exactly. But we have had callers call in over the years, and it really makes me laugh every time when they just have a brand new baby and they ask the host, like, is it wrong if I make my kid a Jets fan or is it wrong yes. if – and, and oh, every, I'm sorry. It's, was it's that, was re- that rhetorical? I'm sorry. It's a really big life decision. Like, do you want to do you want to put your kid through the same torture and pain that you've gone through? Right. Well, and not I know not with the Yankees. But no, like, not with the Yankees. That with, one's that one's good. Well, with, yeah, we're we're pretty set there. But it is. Do you want to do that to your kid? It's a good question. Uh, look, I have and told you, my Dad. son. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, I have told my son, you are not allowed to root for the Dolphins. Do not root for the Dolphins. Now I've left it up to him, but. I said, do not root for this team. Now has Jack decided a football team? Uh, he he kind of likes the Saints. He liked okay. Drew Brees. So now that Drew Brees is retired, he's been kind of bouncing around. Well, at least um, you know he's not a bandwagon. Like, at least he's not a Chiefs fan the last no, few years. No, he has years. not jumped on the bandwagon. He's the Patriots you know, the last he, seven before that. Yeah, yeah. no. He, he's much more um, – he's a free agent right now, but I've told him, do not, do not root for this, this group of losers. Now, you're a Dolphins fan. What if right. on his own free will and accord, he decides to be a Jets fan? No, that, that's the only thing that's not allowed in this house. He can do just about anything he wants. He is not allowed to be a Jet fan. So he can, he can pick any of Patriots are good. Those are fine. If okay. he wants to root for those teams, I will live with that. And it'll be fun. I like a little, you know, you know me, I like a little uh, back and forth. I had that with my dad. The reason why I picked the teams that I did was because I liked a little back and forth. My father was a Met fan and a Jet fan. 
And so I obviously went Yankees and I went Dolphins. So I really kind of messed that up. I could have went any, I could have went, see, that shows you that there's not really a rivalry Jets and Giants <laughs> because I didn't go Giants. Exactly. If so. I did, I would have been much, a much happier and, and better adjusted and person. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. All right. So uh, I know Jake and Tom, they like their airtime. They get their airtime with Anita and this is Anita's show. I'm just filling in. So, guys, do you have any – someone on Twitter actually brought up the actual perfect choice for the most preposterous movie sequel of all time. I came up with Speed 2. I thought that that was pretty preposterous, that Sandra Bullock finds herself not only on a bus that was bombed, you know, with a bomb on it, but then later on finds herself on a boat with a bomb on it. Uh, Do you guys have any choices for the most preposterous movie sequel of all time? Well, see, Gordon, you took what I was going to take because I was going to go with Speed 2. Right, yeah, that one's that. that one's very high up. But somebody actually did come up with something I think that's better. Maybe you won't agree, but... Well, I don't, I don't know how preposterous this is, but mm-hmm. I would just like to point out that the Home Alone sequels after Home Alone 2 are absolutely terrible and are just a rehashing of right. essentially the first film with a different kid, different cast, no Joe Pesci. And they're just trying... To milk the cow, essentially. Right. They do a well, terrible yeah, job that was it. the one that someone came up. Home Alone 2 has to be the most preposterous. Like, that the criminals get out, that they're all in New York City right, after being in Chicago. Or is it Chicago? I think it was Chicago. We're calling that one preposterous. I think yeah. that's a great sequel. Oh, no, it's a great sequel. I'm okay. not saying it's a bad movie. I'm just uh, saying that the scenario, for the scenario to happen a second time. I think I have a scenario, Gordon. I got you. All right, give it to me. All right. All of the Air Bud sequels. If you told me that the dog was good at one sport, but you're telling me That's that this true. dog is now, like, I have not seen I've not seen <laughs> any of the Air Bud, I, I and I'm, seen I'm the, the sequels, worst for it. But I, you know, between the Golden Receiver one or the seventh inning fetch, it says. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not just a one varsity athlete. He's uh, clearly. Well, although, you know, if, if the ba- if the dog can play basketball, uh, if he has the athletic, you know, the dexterity That's and the true. hand-eye like coordination, the Bo- the hand-paw Jackson, coordination. The Bo Jackson of right. dogs. Yeah. So maybe, I mean, maybe it's I don't not know. that crazy. Yeah. Well, look, it's crazy, but is it more insane that, that Joe Pesci and um, Daniel Stern just so have Marv and uh, what was the other guy's name? Marv. Oh, geez, I forgot. But, but that Daniel Stern and, and Joe Pesci find themselves in New York City, just so happen to be in New York City at the same time that, 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 that uh, Macaulay Culkin just happens to accidentally fly to New York City? No, it's a great point. And I guess another one that some people have mentioned is maybe Space Jam, which is a now, te- now, the, the uh, sequel again. with LeBron. It was terrible. Yeah, so that's not- a, yeah, that was not a great movie. But was that... Was that a sequel or is that just a remake of the original plot? I believe it's Space Jam 2, The New Legacy is what it's called. So it I is know, a but sequel. that doesn't really help me. So what was your question? I, my question is, is that the same scenario building on the previous scenario or is it just a replay? It's just a remake of the first movie or is it? It is no, not a the, remake. In, that, in, the, in, the, in, in the second universe, the first thing still took place. Yes, it is a sequel. So the same characters, Bugs Bunny and them, are still aware that they played with They've Michael already played Jordan. the Monstars. They already played the Monstars, but now they need a new player's help, so they pick LeBron James. Hmm. And, um, yeah, just the movie itself was not very good, but the idea of it, they try to make it— It is preposterous, The yeah. idea of a, of, of a player being sucked down into the golf course and then playing— with cartoon right, but characters. See, see, the thing you have to keep in mind is the first one, the original plot, was kind of preposterous. 
So is the sequel any more preposterous than the first? I think it's about the range of outrageousness from one to the other. Maybe it's we're even, getting two, it's, two it's in the weeds. It's even more weird because they yeah. take the same scenario, but since it's 2022, they try to add in this like technological kind of plot twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don Cheadle's in it, with, and he his character is bizarre. I would definitely say it's one of the worst and weirdest sequels that you will see. And uh, for that reason, I have not. I have not. And I, I don't really have any plans to, uh, to see either. And my kids were about that age, but uh, for whatever reason, we just never got around to it. And sometimes you, you put things on the list and uh, never get around to it. All right, let's get around to the phone calls because uh, I've been putting those off. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number if you got a preposterous movie scene. I, I still think if we had to vote, where would your vote go? Would it go to um, Space Jam 2? I think for me, it would probably be Home Alone 2. Well, you never saw Space Jam 2, but yes, right. I think a lot of people, the Home Alone... I think I get the point, Those, though, those parents would probably be arrested if they forgot their kid that many times. Yeah, it would not, yeah. Child services would get a phone call at that point. Yeah, Harry is the other one. Harry and Marv, that's uh, Joe Pesci is Harry and, and Daniel Stern is, is Marv. I forgot their uh, names. Are. Yeah, that would, it probably would not be the, the hijinks that it is portrayed. <laughs> you, you lost your child twice, and this time they've flown on the run. And again, couldn't really happen now, right? Uh, that would be a little bit more difficult. But uh, I still think, yeah, Home Alone 2 for me would probably be the most preposterous. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Jose is in the Bronx. Jose, my friend, what's going on? Good, man. How you guys doing today? I'm good, Jose. What's up? Good. So, absolutely, just a quick, quick, two quick comments. Uh, Yankees, absolutely no worries whatsoever. Apart no. from being dominant, as far from being dominant as batting and batting and pitching, they're amongst the best defensive teams in the league as well. They don't beat themselves. Nope. Yep, so, pitching, yeah, pitching and, de- and defense is what wins you World Series and postseason series. These guys are going to do it. I'm going to ride them all the way to November. And just quickly, the worst, the worst sequel of all time is Godfather 3. Because of one, the epic movies that the first two were, this one was very average, and nepotism at its strongest form. Sofia Coppola, it was like pulling teeth watching her act in that movie. It was a terrible, terrible movie in comparison to the other two. All right, Jose. Yeah, well, look, uh, you know, I don't think I've ever actually seen Godfather 3, and I obviously... If you're talking about the greatest movie of all time, it's 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 either Godfather or Goodfellas. You really can't go wrong either way. And, and a lot of people say Godfather two better than Godfather one. I don't think I've ever seen Godfather three, and and it's been a lot of the name. But again, that's not the convert. The conversation is not the worst movie sequel of all time because I think you have to consider yes where the the first one ranks and then where the 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 next one does. Maybe Godfather 3 is that bad. I've never seen it, but I would think I have seen Caddyshack 2, and that one's tough to top. That's just the worst. I'm not, that's not really the conversation we're Godfather having. Godfather 3 is terrible, and the fact that it's associated with two of the greatest movies of yeah. all time is such a shame. Well, I think we mostly forget that those things took place. I think most people, while they will admit it's terrible, um, they don't hold it against... The first two. And they almost like it's almost like one of the Rocky movies. You just kind of forget it ever happened. Like, well, let's just ignore that. That didn't that didn't really take place. We didn't really do that. Uh, let's go to uh, Spike is in St. Pete. Our buddy Spike. What's going on? Well, first of all, I'd be remiss if I didn't wish my buddy uh, a happy Father's Day with your beautiful family. Enjoy it. I just told young Tom 
uh, who I spoke to earlier this morning. There was some trouble with the streaming and and I couldn't get through. And they're, you know, it's a little upsetting to me because you know how much I love the station. Uh, but anyway, that was corrected. So the second worst after I got a Yankee comment to follow up. Unequivocally, uh, the worst uh, sequel was Caddyshack 2. Uh, first of all, I love Caddyshack. I've watched it thousands of times in pieces. Never go And some of them, unfortunately, has Jack seen it with you yet? I know we talked Which one? about that previously. Caddyshack? Caddyshack? No, yeah. we've not gotten to Caddyshack. We're, we're getting no, to the Adam Sandler movies. He's a big fan of the, okay. uh, the okay. that type of humor at 14. Okay. What a shock. Yeah, there's a couple of scenes in Caddyshack there. What's well, is Jack 14 yet? Yeah, he's 14. Okay, okay. All right, so, so uh, there's, you know, rewatching Caddyshack, I was just telling Tom, I guess he's 22 or so, that, you know. No, Tom is 15. Tom is, Tom is the same age as Jack is. He's, he's 15. He just celebrated his 15th birthday. It's not, uh, we keep it under wraps because, you know, he, he needs his, uh, his working papers, and we haven't got that labor, squared away yet. Yeah, labor laws in Jersey are tough. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all kidding aside, uh, you know, there are a couple of scenes in Caddyshack. First of all, some of the language and some of the remarks made in it today, the way the world's changed, aren't appropriate. Yeah. But, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just Jackie Mason in two. It was over money, right? Dangerfield backed out over money. I, you know what? I'm not even sure. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, because that's, that's just, a, you know, that's just, if anyone doesn't you know, see the movie, go see it. Because you can go on a golf course and Al Cervex coming, man. It's all over for me. I just start laughing. It's a feel-good movie. So I want to mention that. Wish you a happy Father's Day, which I did. And uh, make a Yankee comment. Um, you know, I try to get a handle on this, and I keep going back to the same people I talk Yankees with, like the same people I talk Knicks with, and and my and my best friend in the world is a, is a diehard Met fan, so this is good stuff, you know. But uh, I have to ask you, knowing how much you love the Yankees, the, the, how far apart is it from your wildest thought that the pitcher? We finally missed a, a turn with Severino because of, I don't know what it was. That was a little strange with the illness, but. Did you ever conceive in your wildest thought that the pitching would be so good? No, not not a single time. And Spike, thanks for the phone call. Um, no, the um, look. If you would have told me going into the season, Nestor Cortez was going to be this good, I would not have believed you. If you would have told me that Jamison Tyone, just individually, Jamison Tyone would have been as good as he is. Wouldn't have believed me. If you would have told me that Severino has pitched like that, that might have been the most believable one. But even then, after throwing, what, 12 innings the previous three years, that would have seen uh, to be kind of unbelievable. Um, Who am I leaving out? Leaving out somebody. Cole? Oh, uh, Jordan Montgomery. If you would have told me that Jordan Montgomery would have pitched, I guess that wouldn't, wouldn't have been as surprising to me as the other. But for all of them to be pitching at this level, where Nestor Cortez is in the conversation to start the All-Star game, you know, where every single time that Tyone pitches, you feel confident. And, and Montgomery, it's just a question of whether he gets run support, which he did last night, or Severino has looked at – I mean, it's unbelievable that you've gotten all of them to, to be answered in the affirmative. Usually when you have questions, maybe you win one or two of them, but you don't usually win all of them. The Yankee rotation certainly is um, – has won all of them so far. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, people, people, people. 
It is the Gordon Damer Show, and you know that music. You know that music means you are about to learn some absolutely fascinating pieces of information. And information you don't just learn. It's sticky information. It stays with you. Need to have a conversation starter at dinner tonight with your wife? I've got just the thing for you. It's called What I Learned on TikTok. We do it every Saturday here on the Gordon Damer Show. I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it is because I learn so much stuff. I learned more in that TikTok app in the last three months than I did in my entire four years of school. College. Four and a half? Yeah, it was four and a half. But who's counting? Sometimes you need that extra little semester, you know? What's the rush? (laughs) So it's called What I Learned on TikTok. How it works, Jacob, excuse me, Jake, and Tom today, Jacob is usually in the hot seat. This week, he gets a week off. Oh, and is he breathing a sigh of relief? He's been taking it on the chin the last couple of weeks. So Jake and, and Tom will be in the hot seat. And we'll take some calls here. 1-800-919-ESPN if you want to get involved. You think you're so much smarter than everybody else. How it works, I'll give you four pieces of information, one of which is absolutely true, three of which are absolutely false, and you have to spot what the true fact is. Very simple. So uh, between Jake and Tom, is it going to be an age before beauty thing and Jake will go first since Tom is 15? Uh, or how are we going to do it? Who's going first here? I'll go first. All right, Jake, you are first up in the hot seat. You could do your parents proud. They love this segment. All of a sudden, you knock it out of the park here. I'm not having high hopes. So, Mom well, and Dad, look, if that's you're the listening, be- I apologize The best way to do it is ha- low expectations. And after the last couple of weeks with Jacob and uh, Brian – There's no other kind of expectation. All right, here we go. First up for you, Jake. Jiffy peanut butter has been around longer than Italy has been a country. Number two, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. Number three, a flush toilet in the southern hemisphere rotates in the opposite direction. Or, number four, originally ninjas wore the color red. So to recap, for the audience, for Jake, give him a little time to think things through. Jiffy peanut butter has been around longer than Italy was a country. Number two, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. Number three, a flush toilet in the southern hemisphere rotates in the opposite direction. Or number four, originally ninjas wore the color red. Yeah, the silence is uh, me just wondering going how through, I'm going right. to embarrass myself. That's basically. okay. You so, take your time. Let me just, I, again, I don't know if I'm going to be word for word. Option uh-huh. one, Jiffy peanut butter older than Italy as a country. Yep, absolutely. Number two, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. Yep. Number three is the one I I need to hear one more time. A flush toilet. You know, like the water rotates a certain way oh, in your yeah. toilet? In I, the, I don't know if it's left to right or right to left here, but whatever it is, in the southern hemisphere, it rotates in the opposite direction because they're below the equator. Okay. And then the final and then one number is four, ninjas originally wore red. Red. The color red. I am going again. Mm. See, the one that sounds so absurd to me is the day on Venus and the right? year on Venus. Sure. But then if I guess that and it's wrong, it's like, wow, Jake is well, so dumb for guessing that when right. it's clearly impossible. Because it sure. just sounds so impossible. It does sound impossible. Right? So I am going to go with that ninjas originally wore the color red. Okay. Are you going to lock that in? 
I, not confidently, but yes. Promo okay. code Gordon, I am locking it in. Jake, right out of the box, you're incorrect. No, that's <laughs> Actually, ninjas did not wear black. Originally, ninjas just wore whatever they needed to uh, blend in. So it's not even true that they actually wear black. They actually, and there's actually apparently, I have not researched this. This might be a future uh, episode of what I learned on TikTok. There's apparently a ninja shortage right now, which uh, I didn't know was a thing, but apparently it is. The well, great resignation has even impacted ninjas. They want to work from home all the time. I was going to say, to be fair, Raphael, the teenage mutant ninja turtle, wore right. red. So technically, could not, been, it could have been a thing. Not yep, wrong, but yeah, okay. I got you. So that's all right, so not now you correct. got you're down to three. Jiffy right. peanut butter around longer than Italy. Uh, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus, and a flush toilet in the southern hemisphere rotates in the opposite direction. So again, that day on Venus mm-hmm. versus the year on Venus, I just can't believe that that can be true. So I'm not going there. I'm going to go with the toilets. Let's go the, toilets. the opposite direction in the southern hemisphere. Which You're I locking that in? I don't really even know what that means. It's just flushing right. the opposite way. It's flushing the opposite way. Yeah, let's go with that one. All right, Jake. Locking it in. We don't have a sound effect for locking it in, but also incorrect. Uh, that's also we have a sound effect for that. We've heard that a lot uh, on what I learned on TikTok. No, that's a that's a myth that people believe that the, the water uh, rotates in the opposite direction. Uh, that is not true. It just flushes down the same way as it does here. So now it's a So base, now you're down to two. 50, now you're 50. down to the one that you immediately crossed off the list, and uh, Jiffy Peanut Butter has been around longer than Italy has been a country. Yeah, the two that I felt like were right, definitely not most. it. You cross um, those ones off, and you go with the two that seem realistic. Exactly. So I'm going to go with... I kind of have to stay loyal to like my gut instinct that that can't be it. So I'm going right. to go with the Jiffy peanut butter is actually older than Italy as a country. Lock it in. Locking it in. All right. Well, what's interesting about this one is is there is no such thing as Jiffy peanut butter. It's actually Jiff peanut butter. Uh, and no, it's not older than uh, Italy was a country. Um, it is, uh, yeah, a lot of people think that it's Jiffy peanut butter for some reason. It's one of those things that uh, is called the Mandela effect, where a lot of people misremember the same thing incorrectly. So that is incorrect. No, actually, a day on Venus is longer than a year on Venus. Now, I don't, I got to be honest, I'm really dumb with some things. I don't understand how, like, years work. But because Venus is so far away from the sun and it's so big... It takes it longer to rotate. I'm not exactly sure. I just know that I've researched it, and it is correct. So what you're saying is the one that I was so confident. Right. That's amazing. And not to scare people or whatever, when you actually look at some of this Earth stuff compared to other planets, Mm -hmm. it is actually crazy to see, like, how small we are in comparison to the rest of the— so I guess that makes sense on another planet. Sometimes a day on Earth feels like it could be a year or so. Right. I get it. So there you uh, go. unfortunately for me, I went through no. all four. You went all four. <laughs> not uh, a great start. So right. I'm making no. Jacob and Brian very proud. So yes. Not they, too they, they are, their, their egos have been boosted more than ever before. All right, Tom. Um, I will give Tom, since you are uh, younger, I will give you the option. I will give you where you can have a a set of uh, factoids that are all animal-related, or we can reverse the game, and I will give you three true facts where only one fact is false. Which would you prefer, my friend? Ooh, I like this decision. Uh, Or I like this uh, question. Option. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I want to go with the three truths and one false. That sounds interesting to me. All right, here we go. 
We'll see if you feel that way when uh, it's all said and done. Probably not. All right, here we go. Uh, for Tom, number one, it is easier to get into Harvard than it is to get a job at Walmart. Number two, Uranus, Uranus, however we pronounce it, was discovered before Antarctica. Number three, almost all polar bears are left-handed. Or, number four, the royal family is banned from playing the game Monopoly. So to recap for the audience again, number one, it's easier to get into Harvard. The uh, application to success rate is easier to get into Harvard than it is to get a job at Walmart. Uranus was discovered before Antarctica. Hey, now. Number three, almost all polar bears are left-handed. Or, number four, the royal family has been banned from playing the board game Monopoly. Now, three of those are true. Only one of them is false. Oh, boy. The Harvard one is so absurd. Right. That 15-year-old me really wants to believe that to be true. Okay. Because, I mean, I don't know if there's really a true way to find out if polar bears Now, again, you're trying to find the false fact here. Just keep in mind. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to go with. All right. Like, in my mind, I'm also leaning maybe toward the polar bear one, because I don't know if there's a definitive way to prove that they're more left-handed than not, unless, okay. I guess, they've studied them so much. Right. But the Harvard one just seems so false to me that okay. I'm going to say that one's the false answer. All right, you're going to lock that one in. I'm locking it in. Well, you are also wrong, Tom. No, that is incorrect. <laughs> it is actually uh, easier to uh, get into Harvard than it is to get a job at Walmart. The success rate is uh, very difficult, apparently. Like, it's 2.3% to get a job at Walmart based on the amount of applications that Walmart receives. So, that is incorrect. So, to, to recap, we got, we're got we down to three now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Uranus, discovered before Antarctica. Uh, almost all polar bears are left-handed. Or number, it was number four, it's now number three. The royal family is banned from playing the board game Monopoly. See, I had so much doubt into the polar bear one that I feel like right. now I should have gone with that one first. Well, to say that you, one was it's not too late. You could go with it now. I, I am gonna go with it now. I'm gonna say that polar bears are not mostly left-handed. Lock it in. I'm locking it in, Gordon. Tom, you've knocked it out of the park, my friend. Yes, that is absolutely not true. There is a uh, a myth that uh, polar bears are left-handed, but no, they're not. Uh, they're, they're not uh, primarily left-handed. No, they're left-handed, they're right-handed. It all depends on the polar bear. I should have trusted my gut. You should have trusted with... your gut. That's the, <laughs> that's the, the thing about one. this game. you got to trust your gut from uh, the get-go. See, I didn't take your advice that you were giving away earlier. Before I, I give it away for free. The same thing with my kids, Tom, and you're basically the same age as one of my kids. Uh, they, <laughs> they just don't listen. They just don't listen. Uh, all right, should we get somebody, some calls involved here? Why don't we go to Anthony is in the mail truck. Anthony loves... What I learned on TikTok. Is that correct, Anthony? Love it, Gordon. Love it. Love it. it it's, it's up there with uh, with my favorite segment, kind of like Jake, you know, with the... Uh, Would you say it's your favorite segment. segment on the station? You know what? I will, Gordon. All right. There we go. I don't want to I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to force you that way. No, never. That's not never. the kind of host I am. All right. Um, that, will certainly, Jake, that will certainly though, so bode well segment. for you here. I'll make this one maybe a little easier for you that you, uh, you're able to uh, knock it out of the park here. All right. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's go here with this one. I like this one. Uh, all right, here we go, Anthony. First up, number one, humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas. 
Humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas. Number two, the state of Wyoming has no escalators. Number three, Saddam Hussein was awarded a key to the city of Detroit. Or number four, Japan has 23 vending machines for every person. So to recap one more time, humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas. Number two, the state of Wyoming has no escalators. Uh, Number three, Saddam Hussein was awarded a key to the city of Detroit. Or number four, Japan has 23 vending machines for every person. What are you thinking? All right. Uh, So I'm, I'm going for what's true, correct? You are going for what is true. Yes, three of those are false. All right, so... So number number three is false. Okay. Um, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Japan one. Japan, that twenty-three vending machines for every person. Will you lock yes. that in, Anthony? Locked in already. Yep. No, I'm sorry, Anthony. That is incorrect. Uh, they actually have uh, one vending machine for every twenty-three people. It's just reversed. It's not twenty-three vending machines uh. for every person. It's the other way around. So uh, that's how I made that one false. All right. So you got three left. Um, humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas. The state of Wyoming has no escalators. Or Saddam Hussein, RIP, still has a key to the city of Detroit. I'm going to go with uh, the – say the uh, say the first one again. Uh, humans. Sorry, not the banana one. The, the, uh, other the one. state of Wyoming, no escalators in yeah. the entire state. I'm going to go with Wyoming. Lock it in. I don't know why they would have escalators or why they wouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Anthony is 0 for 2. No, they actually only have two escalators (laughs) in the entire state of Wyoming. Now, they do have two that are up and down, so I guess it's kind of actually four escalators, but still only four escalators in the entire state of Wyoming. So now you're down to the two. Uh, You're in a very similar position here, Anthony. You are down to the the one that you have crossed off the list automatically, uh, and then you have the other one that is left. So uh, you've got humans share 50% of their DNA with bananas, or Saddam Hussein was awarded a key to the city of Detroit. I'm going to go with the bananas, because that just seems outrageously uh, insane. Lock it in. Locked in. Now, see, Anthony, if only you had a key to the city of Detroit. No, that is incorrect. Saddam Hussein. I don't know how the hell this happened. Boy, who's making the decision? I mean, of all the problems the city of Detroit has, they're awarding keys to the city to Saddam Hussein. I mean, boy, oh, boy. Now, look, it was in the 80s. It was a wild time. But I'm sorry, Anthony, you are incorrect. Yes, Saddam Hussein. But thank you for playing, and thank you for stating that what I learned on TikTok. I thought that that would be an easier one, but uh, didn't play out that way. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. Do we want to do one more? Do we have time for one more? Maybe Tom and, and Jacob. Uh, excuse me, Jake and uh, Tom. Uh, Jacob is so on my mind. He is so no- <laughs> he is so locked in with this segment. I always go to Jacob here. Do you want one more crack at it? Do we do another segment of this? What do we do here, guys? I'm going to let you guys do the producing. It's like when you're shooting around in a basketball gym and you miss 10 in a row. Like, you can't right, you got to hit, you got to right? try to hit the backboard right. or rim or something. Here's what we'll do. We'll, we'll take a break. If anybody wants to think that they can do better than Jake and, and Tom, and let's be honest, it wouldn't be hard, you can take your shot, 1-800-919-ESPN. Otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fire a couple more up. I got a couple more here on the list that maybe uh, the guys will be able to, to do a little bit better. And again, wouldn't be hard. You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. 
All right. It is that music. You know it. You love it. It is what I learned on TikTok. It's what we do every Saturday, usually at 5 o'clock during my, but we're doing it today in this time slot because this is where we are. Far fewer people are going to be listening to me at 5 o'clock because I'm not going to be on the radio. How it works, I give you four pieces of information, three of which completely false, just made it up out of my own demented mind. But one of these things, unbelievable but true, is true. It is a true fact, and you have to try to find the fact. Like the fact that Detroit gave a key to the city to Saddam Hussein. What was the vetting process there? Hey, you know what? Has anybody else thrown out the uh, the name uh, Saddam Hussein? Who's Saddam Hussein? No, 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 much, uh, don't know much about him. What, what, what are his qualifications for a key to the city? Very strange. All right, so how we're going to do it is the phone lines are lit up because this is the best segment uh, that uh, people have heard in a very long time. I will give each caller that call, we'll get you one crack. Usually we give you, we keep, let, keep letting you shoot at it until you finally get it right. This time it's going to be one shot and we move on. All right, so that's the way it works. All right, so we'll go here. Let's see here. Mel is in New Jersey. Mel. What's up? Hey, What's up? This show right. as usual, my guy. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. All right, are you ready? Are you ready for what I learned on TikTok this week, Mel? Let's rock and roll. All right. Uh, first fact, Johnny Cash and the actor who portrayed Colonel Sanders graduated from the same high school. That's number All one. Right. Number two, more people are killed in an average year getting kicked by a donkey than in mm. airplane crashes. Ooh, okay. Number three, one of the rings of Saturn is made of pure silver. Or number four, the first use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. Mm, all right, Gordon. You want me to run That's through them right. one more time for you, or you feel you got a beat on this? Um, Let me run through them, because if you get this wrong, I'm going to go to the next caller, and they have to know it ahead of time. All right, you, uh, uh, Johnny Cash and the actor who portrayed Colonel Sanders of KFC fame graduated from the same high school. Uh, more people, on average, are killed getting kicked by a donkey than an airplane crashes in a year. One of the rings of Saturn is pure silver. Or, number four, the first use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. What do you got, Mel? Man, I got to go with the Saturn and the silver. Lock it in? Yes. I'm sorry, Mel. You are incorrect. All right, so we're moving on. So Mel got it wrong. Let's go to uh, David is in Virginia. David, I'll just recap them again for you briefly here. You're down to three. Uh, Johnny Cash, Colonel Sanders, the actor who portrayed Colonel Sanders of KFC fame, graduated from the same high school. Uh, More people are on average killed by getting kicked by a donkey than an airplane crashes in a year. Or the first use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. I'm looking for the false one, correct? Yes, you're looking for the false one. Oh, no, excuse, no, you're looking for the true one. I'm looking for the two, true one? Two of them are false, one of them is true. Um, Even I don't know how the game is played. That's great. Uh, no, you're looking for the true fact here, David. Hmm. Johnny Cash sounds kind of good. Okay. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with Dustin Johnny Finger Cash, Colonel Sanders. 
I am sorry, David. That is incorrect. I am sorry. No, Johnny Cash and the actor who portrayed Colonel Sanders. That's the one I just absolutely made up. I was just looking for one. I actually just made it up in the commercial break because I had a false one there. I didn't really like it, so I switched it up. Were you, eating, were you eating KFC and listening to Johnny Cash? <laughs> like, this not. would be a great I was one. not. I've used Johnny Cash a couple of times, and I think that they've always been false so far. I don't know. I just like uh, throwing Johnny Cash in there. It feels like uh, he could have graduated with Colonel Sanders. Uh, let's. All right, so it's down to uh, only two options now. Let's go to Chris in New Jersey. Chris, you're next up on uh, the Gordon Damer Show. What's going on, Gordon? All right, Chris. You so y- you got a 50-50 crack at this here. Uh, again, the two that are left, and you're looking for what is true. The uh, more people killed on average getting kicked by a donkey than an airplane crashes in a oh. given year, or the first use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. I think we're going to go with the donkey one. Donkey one. Lock it in? Yeah, lock it in. Go ahead. No, Chris, that is incorrect. Uh, yeah, no, the first uh, use of the term OMG was in a letter to Winston Churchill in 1917. So, Jake and uh, Tom, does that make you feel better that we've had three callers and they all got it wrong as well? We're all laughing hysterically in the studio because no matter who it is, no one's safe. A caller, no one's producer, safe. and every time, every question it's till we eliminate the other option. It's not like anyone's gotten it on the second try. It's till we literally have no options left. Exactly. So pretty all right. Fun so stuff. we got we got a couple of callers left. Um, all right. So we got I got one more question, and then we'll we'll wrap it up for this segment. We'll move on to the next who uh, have their own issues. Uh, all right. So we'll go to another. Chris is in Clifton. Chris, are you there, my friend? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? I'm good, man. Are, are you ready for this? You're you're in the, you're in the toughest spot. You're gonna have four options. You got to pick which one is uh, correct. You're ready. I'm ready. All right, here we go. Number one: Men in North Korea can only choose from six approved haircuts of the the government has approved only six haircuts for men in North Korea. Uh, number two: A fresh pencil has enough graphite to write. On average, 100,000 words. Number three, the actor who played the professor in Gilligan's Island flew 44 combat missions in World War II, or France did not outlaw the guillotine until 1985. Wow. That's pretty tough. It's tough. Uh... I, I'm going to go with the pencil. The pencil. The pencil. Enough uh, graphite to write 100,000 words. Lock it in? Lock it in. Chris is incorrect. I, I'm, I am like Sandy Koufax here. I am just pitching shutout after shutout after shutout. Uh, let's go to uh, Gary is in New York. Gary, my friend. Yes, I'm here. All right, here we go. Uh, Men in North Korea can only choose between six government-approved haircuts. The actor who portrayed the professor in Gilligan's Island flew 44 combat missions in WW2, or France did not outlaw the guillotine to 85. Which one are you going with, Gary? I'm going to go with the guillotine. The guillotine. Lock it in? Lock it in. Get out of here, Gary. You're wrong as well. It's a, I, I am like, uh, it's amazing how good I am at this. All right. You know what? Let's go back to where we began. Let's make this a circle story. We got Tom. We got Jake. We need to make somebody feel good about something here today because I don't have any more factoids after this. So we have to wrap up the segment. So J- between Jake and Tom, 
We know number one or number, well, it's now number two. Men in North Korea can only choose between six government-approved haircuts or the actor who uh, portrayed the professor in Gilligan's Island flew 44 combat missions in World War II. Which are you guys going with? So I just looked at Tom. I think we're going to flip a coin. Okay. So one of us gets one of them in the because we both have no idea. All right. Um, so uh, I am going to be the men's six haircuts in North Korea. Uh-huh. And Tom will be the Gilligan's Island. All right. Lock them in. We are now officially locking it in. Congratulations to Jake. You work with Tom, who got it right. Yes, Tom, the actor who uh, portrayed uh, the professor in Gilligan's Island, flew 44 combat missions in uh, World War II in the Pacific. Who would have thought the 15-year-old got all the questions right there? Look at that. The 15. Well, you're just out of school. Maybe they teach you these things in school, you know? Who knows what they're teaching in schools nowadays. So congratulations to Tom. Wonderful job. Jake, not so much. Caller, not so much. We usually do it at 5 o'clock. If you missed any portion of the uh, what I learned on TikTok, we'll put it up as part of the podcast. Everybody loves it. Everybody has been talking about it. And so far as I know, no one, not a single person has told me it's not their favorite segment, at least not to my face. So that is what I learned on TikTok this week.